Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode number 304, entitled Steve Burge on running PublishPress and buying other plugins. It was published on Thursday the 17th of November 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined in a few short minutes by Steve so that we can have our chat. But before then, a few bits of housekeeping. The first thing is, well, Black Friday is around the corner and we now have over 115, count them, 115 deals on the WP Builds Black Friday page. The URL for that is the ever so easy to remember wpbuilds.com forward slash black. One more time, wpbuilds.com forward slash black. And if you go to that page, you'll find a searchable, filterable list. I suggest that you bookmark it. And then during the run up to Black Friday, you can visit there for all of your WordPress needs. We've tried to only put deals on there which are related to WordPress. So it's plugins, themes, hosting blocks and all of that kind of stuff. But there's a few SaaS platforms which overlap as well. One more time, wpbuilds.com forward slash black. The next one to mention is our awards page, wpbuilds.com forward slash awards. It's a fun and rather silly way of gaining money for Big Orange Heart, the charity in the WordPress and remote working space looking to help people with all sorts of needs. You can go there and you can vote and you are guaranteed if you pay $20 to Big Orange Heart and send me your receipt for that donation, I will guarantee you a win on our awards page. Like I say, it's a bit of fun. It's a bit silly, but go and nominate yourself. Go and nominate somebody else in any category of your choosing and you will be guaranteed a win. The final thing to mention is our wpbuilds.social. Yes, that's a URL, wpbuilds.social. It's our Mastodon install. Now, if I'd have said the word Mastodon to you about three months ago, the chances are you'd never have heard of it. Now, it seems like you can't possibly avoid the word Mastodon. What with all that's happening over on Twitter at the moment, a lot of people have decided to move their social media aka Twitter account, over to Mastodon. We have been hosting a Mastodon install for well over a year and a half, and it's free. You can sign up, wpbuilds.social, and we're going to try to keep it going, hopefully, into the future, and you'll be able to use our instance as a way of interacting with any other instance on the internet. So come and join us, hopefully you'll be able to gain some benefit from using an open source platform like Mastodon. The WP Bills podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash WP builds once more go.me forward slash WP builds. And we really, truly, sincerely thank GoDaddy Pro for their continuing support of the WP builds podcast. 
Okay, what have we got on the podcast for you today? Well, we've got Steve Burge. I met Steve for the first time at WordCamp US a few weeks ago. Steve is currently the owner of Publish Press, amongst some other things. For example, he's recently bought the Meta Slider plugin. But we spend quite a lot of the conversation today talking about his journey in open source software from OS training. Drupal, Joomla, Magento, WordPress, all sorts of things were on that site. Maybe you're still using it. And then he moved into the WordPress space and has got Publish Press, which is a fabulous plugin. And recently, like I said, he just bought MetaSlider, which is curious at this time. It seems like sliders are in decline, but Steve has his reasons. You're about to discover a very nice, polite and kind plugin developer. So I hope that you enjoy the podcast. I am joined on the podcast by Steve Burge. How are you doing, Steve? Hey, great. Thanks, Nathan. It's nice to have you. Steve and I hooked up for the first time. I'm pretty sure it was the first time. Maybe I'm not correct about that, but we hooked up at WordCamp US, uh, which now is probably about a month ago. And since then, Steve's been in the news. Steve has a, a plugin called Publish Press, and uh, I, I would recommend that we're going to talk about that a little bit later. It's at publishpress.com, but he also uh, bought something over the last couple of weeks, and that's kind of half of what we're going to talk about. He's bought a slider plugin, so we're going to talk about the acquisition landscape a bit and why he bought it, and also Publish Press. But before we get into that, Steve, uh, it's a dreadfully banal question, but we ask it pretty much all the time anyway. Give us a potted history. How is it that you ended up creating plugins for WordPress? This is probably my third career. I've been a, a big believer of doing something for maybe eight, 10 years, and then moving on to something new. And my first career was as a regular teacher, huh. worked in middle schools, high schools and I loved it I really enjoyed it um, I probably would still be doing it now if it could actually pay the bills uh, but as soon as I had wife kids and mortgage then suddenly being a teacher particularly where I was living in the south of the United States in Georgia uh, being a teacher just really did not pay the bills and so I looked around for something else to do and I'd been dabbling in open source just to make some extra money, really, because hmm. <laughs> I really wasn't making much money as a teacher. And just on my lunch breaks and after school, I kind of kickstarted a business in open source. This was just around 2005, 2006, when WordPress and also Joomla, Drupal, Magento, some other platforms were... Mm. we're getting started yeah and the niche i quickly found myself in was using my teaching skills to teach people how to use those platforms huh, nice so first 10 years or so as a teacher then we built a training company called os training and we for a long time we did live training uh, we would fly up to washington dc and help some government agencies help their staff adapt open source we would do training classes for them and we did online video we did some books um, collaborated with a bunch of people probably published uh, probably close to 20 different books um, if you go on amazon you'll find a, a bunch of our books on there still 
and it got to about the 10 year mark and I felt the the itch to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And so we started reinvesting some of the training money into plugins. Um, we started to see that um, the training was becoming maybe a little more commoditized. Uh, platforms like Udemy were getting um, were getting really popular. And also the part that I enjoyed most was the in-person training, actually physically going and teaching people face to face. Right. And that more or less disappeared even before the pandemic. It disappeared with online video. And um, I remember going to one one training class, the some big semiconductor company flew us out to Silicon Valley. And I was there for a week. I walked into the room ready to teach all their staff. And the staff were on a video call in India. Oh, wow. <laughs> they were calling in. <laughs> They'd flown me all the way out there to do a glorified Zoom meeting. And <laughs> I, stood in, I stood in front of that Zoom meeting for a week. And at the end, I walked out and said, OK, uh, it, it's time to, to do something else. I, I don't want to be doing Zoom training forever. Um, and so we started dabbling in the plugin space. And it really it takes a while to understand the gaps in the market, understand the, the different leverage points. And after a couple of years of experimenting, we we sold some of the plugins we were working on and ended up focusing on publishing plugins. Uh, we came to realize that although WordPress is sold to publishers and to writers, it really lacks a lot of essential publishing tools, especially for for teams, for more than one person writing a blog. Um, to give you an example, one of our most popular plugins now is a plugin which will simply unpublish your post on a future date. I use this. Uh, Publish Press Future is the name yeah, of it. Yeah, I use it. I used it today. Oh, it's wonderful. fabulous. <laughs> it's completely and reliable. Every other platform we've ever used has that feature built into the core. Yes. Um, and so why it's not in WordPress, I don't know. Um, but you, we spent increasingly more time with WordPress and started to see those gaps. And I uh, started to build our plugins to fill them in. And so we specialize now in plugins, which are really for uh, for teams. For it, One of our, probably our fastest growing plugin now is an author's plugin, which allows you to attach five, six, seven different authors to a post. Yeah. Let's let's get on to the whole publish press angle a little bit later because we've got this whole slider business to talk about. But just before then, <laughs> OS training. Um I I had a subscription. I say had because I haven't touched it in a long time. I don't know if is OS training still a thing? Does it still function even though you're no longer involved? Yeah, we sold it about three years ago to actually a lady who was in um in WordCamp San Diego with us. Uh, Robbie is her name uh-huh. and she taught with us for a good number of years um, we knew her from a long time back and when it came to sell she was the ideal candidate she had been working with us for a long time yeah I, I got a membership because at the time I was working with largely Magento and Drupal I uh, mm. really hadn't discovered um, WordPress and 
and the materials that I got out of OS training, because it was OS training, you know, open source, that, that was your speciality, wasn't it? You, you covered many bases, um, whereas now, you know, there's, there's lots of specific uh, companies that you can go to for education, just for example, around Drupal or around, um, you know, WordPress and so on. So it really appealed to me because I hadn't really stuck my flag in the sand with WordPress yet. I was still fiddling with things. And then... When Drupal 7 went to 8, I finally said, no, enough. I can't cope with these uh, website rebuilds just because we've switched version number and came across WordPress because it had that backwards compatibility component. You know, there was just always that promise to to keep things going, uh, regardless of whether it went from WordPress 3 to 4 to 5 to 6 now. Uh, things would potentially, well, in most situations, things would keep working and I found the promise of that really, uh, really fundamental to my decision to move over to WordPress. That and the fact that it looked attractive, whereas things like Drupal were pretty darn ugly on the back end. <laughs> I've got to say that the backwards compatibility is the, the killer feature. When we launched OS training, we deliberately aimed at covering multiple bases. We did the Magento, we did the Drupal. We did the WordPress, we did uh, we did Joomla, um, dabbled in all sorts of things. And one by one, those platforms killed themselves off with major updates. Yep. Uh, Drupal 7 to Drupal 8, just it was an entirely different platform. Yeah. It, it had the same name, but the code base was 100% different. Uh, Magento 1 to Magento 2 just yep. blew the audience away. Yeah. Um, Joomla has done the same thing in the past uh, and it WordPress has become the dominant platform become a monoculture because of backwards compatibility it's kept yeah. everyone on board yeah it's interesting because we're, we've obviously gone through something over the last well let's say two and a half years roughly speaking where it, it feels like um, Gutenberg was kind of like the Drupal 8 moment for WordPress where things suddenly became very different and you know re the, the, the ability to code in React was suddenly a thing and um, various other bits and pieces. Anyway, we're sort of a bit of an aside there. Um, but yeah, fascinating. Really a fabulous product in its day. Uh, like I said, if, if it's still going, I, I wish them well. But you've moved on and you're you're now doing Publish Press. Just to that point, did you when you stepped away from OS training and decided you only said the word plugin, does that imply that you you exclusively work with WordPress? Because over on the Drupal side, they were called modules, and I don't know what they were called on the Joomla side. But um, are you are you just WordPress now? We do have a legacy uh, business in the Joomla space that still has two staff members. Um, both Drupal and Joomla. And Magento, to some extent, are still just ticking along. Yeah, uh, probably a, maybe twenty percent of where they had been in the past. Yeah, um, but we are two people on the Joomla side and uh, about ten on the WordPress side now. Okay, yeah, that that gives uh, us a, an idea. Yeah, uh, and the growth rates are vastly different. We're uh, published press growing fifty, sixty percent year on year, whereas our Joomla business is just steadily declining. Okay, yeah. Okay, so um, during the, the intervening month since I was with you in San Diego, uh, some news popped up the other week about the acquisition. We've heard 
about acquisitions over the last three years, almost endlessly. Seems like they've that news has dried up. It, it was almost one a week, and then there's a little bit of a hiatus. And then suddenly, we I learned that you, uh, Publish Press, had acquired MetaSlider. Um, now, curiously, and I, I hope I don't put my foot in it here, Steve. It seems to me <laughs> that sliders have have well rewind the clock ten years. They were all the rage, right? Everybody was putting sliders on their websites, and and slowly as time has gone on, maybe to say that they've uh, that they're less popular now than than they were ten years ago for a whole variety of reasons. Um, so it seems like a curious thing for you to buy, and I just really just want you to spell out what your thought process was buying a plugin called MetaSlider, which you can find if you just Google it. But MetaSlider is spelled exactly as you'd imagine. dot com. Um, what's what were you, what were you thinking? <laughs> well, to some extent, to get a to get a head start, you have to be doing willing to do things that other people may not be, and so I think quite a lot of people took a look at this when it was available for sale and turned their nose up for exactly that reason. Right, but. Sliders are still surprisingly resilient, particularly among people that will build their own websites. There's still the demand, still the audience there. If you go through a web designer, the web designer may try to persuade you out of it. But there's a big audience of uh, people who build their own websites who still want a slider. So. Um, the plugin has seven hundred thousand installs. Good grief! Wow. Huh. Okay. There's. There's. That's all <laughs> that I needed to know. Some that's of it. astonishing. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, uh, okay. Reasons why we brought it. One, <clears throat> the the number of people that actually use slideshows is vastly underestimated. That there's a um, a lot of users out there who still want want them on their website. Even if uh, people who do it professionally like us may no longer think they're cool. Uh, so the audience is still there. And the way we've approached uh, building Publish Press and also a third leg to our business called TaxoPress, which deals with uh, taxonomies and organizing and categorizing content in WordPress, is we've taken a a suite approach. So Publish Press has nine plugins at the moment, which really attack similar problems from the same angle. And TaxoPress, and I'm going to break a little news for you here, oh. is, is is shortly going to add um, more than just the main plugin. Um, we have an acquisition that's about ready to go over there, plus one or two extra features. Nice. And on the with MetaSlider, we very much envision it being a suite of image plugins. So yeah. if you install MetaSlider, the previous owners have a gallery, a photo gallery that is in a beta version. There's a, a light box, a modal plugin that comes with it. And so Publish Press, we've had a suite of multiple plugins, which all attack the the problems of publishing in WordPress. And with MetaSlider, we very much in, intend to tackle image image problems in WordPress. 
when you um when you obviously decided you were going to at least look into this did you have conversations with the 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 owners at the time and get get to the root of what was going on with them you know was there a was there a particular reason you know had they despite the fact that there may be 700,000 people having installed it was it was it more of a difficult business proposition for them were they just i don't know maybe working on other things and had lost the the mojo to work on this just wondering from their point of view why they they put it on the market oh sure the plugin has a little bit of a complicated history it was originally owned by the people that do Updraft Plus and WP Optimize. Got it. And in fact, if you look at the Metaslider site, it still has exactly the same brand of orange that you'll see in those other yeah. plugins too. Yeah, that makes yeah, I see that now, yeah. And so I think Updraft Plus is growing really fast and really becoming quite a uh, quite a spectacular business for them. They have a backup vault. Updraft Plus has well over a million, maybe two million users now. Good grief. Uh, so they're doing great. And I think Metaslider was a kind of afterthought for them. And then they sold it to a uh, a company called Extendify. Oh, uh, yes, of who, course. Yes, I'd forgotten that. Yes, yeah. but yeah, I remember it now. Yeah, yeah. It, who are doing interesting things with uh, with Gutenberg and also with onboarding users. Uh, I think they're really aimed now at hosting companies, trying to create a really smooth onboarding experience when you first start WordPress. That you go through their onboarding wizard, you type in what kind of site you want to build, and they will pre-populate everything for you. Yeah. And so they'd originally aimed to go more down the Gutenberg line. And so they took on Metaslider with the idea of incorporating slideshows into, into Gutenberg and, and boosting their user base. But they took a bit of a deviation into, into the onboarding and the full site construction. And so for them too, it became a bit of an afterthought. And so in steps Steve Burge and uh, decides to take it on. I read um, an article that Sarah Gooding wrote in the Tavern where she spoke to you. Um, I don't know if that was on a call or uh, via email or whatever it might be. And, the, you know, the, the usual questions uh, were being asked in terms of what's your future? Um, you know, what are you planning that's going to be different to what was in the past? So forgive me for re rehashing that question once again, but just tell us what your your intention is maybe it's just to keep it exactly as it is i don't know or maybe it's to develop it and pull it in a certain direction just give us a bit of an insight there oh sure well if you install it there is the photo gallery that's in beta so we will flesh that out and my hope is that the slideshow will keep on going strong but within say two or three years there will be all sorts of associated image products There'll be a photo gallery. There'll be a uh, a very cool modal uh, pop-up plugin, and we'll we'll look for other holes and other features that we can fill into uh, when it comes to the use of images in WordPress. And so, 
the slideshow is kind of the the base and will become kind of the leverage point and then we'll add on all sorts of extra products to it yeah it's interesting that you talk about the you know the 700,000 users and i guess to some extent, I'm in a bit of an echo chamber when I talk to people in WordPress. I'm, I'm largely talking to people who've given over their life to WordPress in one way, shape or form. You know, like you, you're building plugins. I'm talking to hosting companies. I'm talking to theme developers and so on. And and I, very often I find myself forgetting about the probably the typical WordPress user. Maybe, maybe the sort of 80, 90, 95% of the user base isn't really interested too much in the, the technicalities and whether things are cool or all of that kind of stuff. They just want to use WordPress uh, as a conduit to get their content online. And, you know, so the market is there and let's let's put all of that stuff to one side. You know, it may not be that they're cool anymore, but a significant proportion of the people aren't even having that conversation. They think it's cool and they're going to jolly well use it. Oh, yeah, I've wasted and wasted a lot of time and made a lot of mistakes building things that I thought were cool <laughs> uh, rather than what people would actually buy and what uh, end users thought were cool. I um, um, I confess I haven't really played with Metaslider, but you know, there are, there are a few commercial rivals and um, I've played with some of those and it never ceased to amaze me actually the, the, what you could do because you, you get this idea that it's a slider, things go left, things go right, there's a little circle icon to indicate you're on two out of five, but they really do do a lot more than that, don't they? In, in, in many cases, they're almost like, like mini page builders um, and they can really throw out some incredibly complicated layouts. And I don't know if Metaslide is the same, but I'm guessing it's more than just, you know, slide left, slide right. Oh yeah, it got features such as showing all your latest content. You could create a uh, a list of all the latest uh, posts on your site, um, videos. Um, yeah, it, it's far more than a a, a simple old fashioned slideshow. But really, the core is still doing that well because that's what people want. Mm. Um, I was talking with. A lady yesterday who uh, she runs a small theater and she just wants a slideshow on her homepage which will show the current five or six performances of the theater yeah that will rotate every 10 seconds so people can see them all and if she hired an expensive web designer they might say that's a bad idea um but that's what she wants and it works for her yeah um yeah yeah, at the end of the day, the customer is right, I guess, would be the, the motif there. Um, is this, is Metaslider, um, is it on the repo? Is, it, is there a .org version or is it just the um, the version that we can find at metaslider.com? Oh, well, the .org version is the one with the 700,000 installs. Got it. Okay, so uh, you can search for Metaslider over in the .org repo. Okay, let, let's, let's put that conversation to bed. First of all, I, I hope it's successful. Um, oh, thank you. Thanks for talking to us about that. But the the thing that's obviously got you going in this industry and, and in a position to uh, to be able to acquire other things, presumably, is the is the investment and the returns on that investment that you're getting from Publish Press. This is one of those plugins that I kind of feel is is kind of under the radar, but really important if you're a team. And you can find it at publishpress.com. There's no weirdness there. It's exactly as you'd imagine. Um, just tell us, I mean, you've, you've illustrated a little bit of what it's for, but give us the, the sort of 10,000 foot 
pitch as to what it does, why you built it, and so on and so forth. Sure. So the the background is in some of the government work that I mentioned earlier. Uh, we used to do a lot of work for the U.S. government, and they were all on Drupal, and we'd walk into these very big deployments with big teams and quite often we'd find out that they were not actually willing to or very keen to use Drupal. We'd, we'd be teaching them for a few days and they'd get comfortable with me and when I sit down with them at lunch or uh, at a break they'd say things like why, why didn't we end up using WordPress for this? Hmm. And these would be these big US government deployments or um, big multinational companies. And the answer would come back, well, we looked at WordPress, but it really didn't have any, any very good user management, access control, uh, multi-user publishing workflows. It was really kind of limited in that sense. And that really got us thinking that these end users had really identified a key problem in WordPress that uh, the publishing workflows, the the people that really care about their content, uh, particularly those who uh, are forced to care about it. We did some work with some big pharmaceutical companies where if they publish the wrong thing, they've got a lawsuit in their in their future. Yeah. Um, and they really cared about making sure the approval processes were good, making sure that the the steps they went through before publishing content were accurate, and they wanted a record of who had done what. Uh, basically, all sorts of problems that emerge once you have more than just one or two people writing writing content on your site. Um, these companies might have multiple people from multiple different departments all collaborating together. And they had analyzed WordPress, kicked the tires on it, and found that it was lacking. And so that was kind of the the space that people were telling us existed in WordPress. And so Published Press is really aimed at that space, at Teams. There's about nine plugins now, and they all do different things around allowing people to collaborate or or, or control what people can do on a WordPress site around publishing. Yeah, do you know what? It's it fascinating. If you've never used a different CMS and you have simply used WordPress, it is really remarkable. I do remember the first time I seriously opened WordPress and thought, okay, I'm going to dedicate some serious time to this. I remember thinking time and again, why can't it do this? Why can't it do that? And the granularity of things in Drupal. So as an example, it was it was totally possible um, with, well, it, it came into core. There was this module, um, which is what Drupal called plugins, basically. There, there was one called Views. And it was this hmm. astonishingly powerful engine uh, to create different displays and layouts and pull the database and pull things out. And you could do it all in a GUI. And, you know, this is decades ago now. And also the the capability to have the permissions model in Drupal was just fabulous. I mean, in, in the end, it was a very confusing box uh, list of tick boxes. 
But whenever you threw something into Drupal, let's say you, you added a capability via a module, that would then introduce capabilities for things like, well, can, can, are you going to allow other people on the site to, to use this? If they've got a certain user role, uh, yes, they can. And if they don't have a certain user role, no, they can't. And user roles were completely baked into core. You, with the click of a button, you could invent a new user and assign them all these different permissions. And I remember coming to WordPress and thinking, where is it all? Like, literally, <laughs> where is it? And of course, it isn't. It's just simply not there. And so... I never thought really about that too much, but bravo for you figuring out that somebody needed to do it. I didn't really figure it out. We were told. Um, because <laughs> they're, the best, they're the best decisions when somebody instructs you on what you need to do. Yeah, that's great. So essentially, these, these people press, we're talking to, they, sorry, you, oh, you carry I on, I apologize. I was going to say the people that we were talking to really hated using Drupal. Yep. But it had these features that they wanted. That yeah, they, yeah, it was it needed. was difficult to use. There was this giant matrix of tick boxes, which, which really was by the time you scrolled down to like the fiftieth row of tick boxes. Do you remember this? Like the fiftieth row of tick boxes, and there were like eight different user roles all spread out in front of you. You think, oh, what? Which one wants what? I've completely forgotten. So it did get a bit <laughs> overwhelming. It, but it, it was brilliant at the same time. You know, you really could build up teams of different people with different capabilities in a, a default version of uh, Drupal. Anyway, this is not W. Sorry, this is not Drupal builds. This is WP builds. So Publish Press well, aims to tackle a lot of that heavy lifting. You you say there's nine plugins. I'm currently looking at the website, and I can see eight. And I'm going to just name them all, and then maybe if you can identify the missing one, we've got Publish Press. Press. Uh, excuse me. Publish press authors. Uh, basically, all of them are prefaced by the word publish press, so I'm not going to say that over and over again. Uh, authors, blocks, capabilities, checklists. Uh, there's just publish press, which I guess is the the sort of root of it all. I'm guessing you need that for any of the others. To the work. original. Yeah. yeah. Pub, uh, permissions, revisions, and series. And then, so this is on the homepage, publishpress.com. You can see them all. Um, that these are just different components that you can add in on top of Publish Press. Is that how it works? You know, if you, if you want to be able to create user roles and capabilities for those, you'd need to add in, I don't know, uh, the capabilities. Uh, sorry, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm now halfway in Magento, halfway in uh, Drupal and halfway in WordPress. Is this, are these plugins that you add in in order to, to gain those capabilities? No, they all tackle slightly different problems. Uh, the one that's missing is the future one that we talked about earlier that will unpublished content on a particular date in the future. Got it. And we don't have a pro version of that yet. So uh, that's why it's not listed on the site. Um, but for example, authors will add more than one author to a single post. Uh, revisions allows you to make a copy of published content and then take it through an approval process before republishing it again. Um, checklists allows you to have a list of items that must be complete before content is published. So all images have to have an alt tag. You have to have a, a minimum number of words, things like that. Um, capabilities allows you to have access control. Basically, the it, it basically if you install it, you get the big uh, you get the big matrix, the big list of <laughs> yeah. yeah, the big list of uh, checkboxes that we <laughs> yeah. talked about. Um, and so they're all separate plugins, but they all basically tackle that same 
the same type of problem, how to handle having a lot of users on your site. Do you know what's fascinating? I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm, my eye is being drawn for reasons that I don't quite understand. My eye is being drawn to te- checklists. Um, I, I basically do the WP Builds website. I mean, it's, essentially, it's just me. You know, there's no real team going on in the background. And so a lot of the things like, you know, multiple authors and permissions for those authors and all of that kind of stuff is, is moot for me. But I can I can well imagine where, where this the use case for that would be really critical. But I, whenever I publish uh, anything on WP Builds, I go through this check this checklist in my head, and it involves pro- all of the things that you've just described. You know, have I uploaded a featured image? Yes. Has it got an alt tag? Yes. Have I assigned a category to it? Yes. Is there at least one taxonomy assigned to it? Y- you get the idea, right? I go through this checklist, um, and in my case, I sometimes forget, and I publish it, and like you know, a couple of days later, I think, ah. I forgot to add in the the YouTube video that was supposed to go there, and I have to go back and I have to amend it. So that I think that I think has got that's got potential for me, just me, because it will prevent me from publishing things that I know shouldn't be published. Well, you know what, that plugin is the absolutely perfect example of what we talked about earlier with end users. Um, we have we've acquired quite a few plugins over the years, plugins that have proven to be popular. And checklists was one that we built from scratch. And I thought it was cool for exactly the reasons you described. And whenever I would talk to anyone in the WordPress business, they would say, oh, that's cool, just like you did. That's exactly what I need. And you know what? It's by far our least popular plugin. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. We're obviously in a minority. We both think it's really cool. Ah, That's brilliant. But okay, so... yeah. I can well imagine that, you know, a hybrid of all of these different plugins that you've got. One of the big properties that I read that I know is on WordPress, for example, is, is TechCrunch. Now, I've no idea what the what the number of staff in TechCrunch is, but basically they don't make mistakes. You know, if a, if a post comes out, maybe the wording is wrong and they've made some error in grammar and what have you. But, they, they, you know, you don't see a post without a featured image. You don't see a post without some taxonomy attached to it. And mm. and there's no way that's by accident. So they must have some sort of editorial process. And I, I love the idea of, you know, I don't know, you've got the editor-in-chief. You could create that capability in uh, publish press. And presumably you could assign tasks so that junior writers, new writers, they can they can do certain things. They could write text and they can perhaps save it as a draft, but they can't finally publish it. This is the idea, exactly. right? You get this complex mesh of different capabilities for different people so that ultimately something that shouldn't be published because it goes against the guidelines of the company, the SOP, it can't be published. That's that's Is that basically what you're doing? Yeah, exactly. Um, that is a probably the most complex use case because doing something like that does take quite a lot of effort to build Mm. and manage Mm. Um, so that's at the higher end of what we do I mean a lot of people will install our plugins just for something far simpler such as having a little checklist of items to do on the side of their post or just being able to unpublish content on a future date. But we've very deliberately aimed what we do at that more enterprise, the more, uh, I was going to say high quality. That's probably the wrong word. Um, Definitely aimed at the people who 
have more complicated requirements. And so uh, you mentioned some famous users on the front of the site. Uh, that's kind of deliberate. We've um, I got some advice from uh, from Josh at Pagerly when we were getting started. Um, and he was very much adamant about aiming at the top right segment of the of the market. Right. Yep. The people who can pay more. And to this day, uh, he probably gave me that advice five years ago. Uh, to this day, I don't think anyone has ever complained about the price of our plugins um, simply because we're aiming at the audience for which 150 or 200 bucks a year is ridiculously cheap. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, the other one that's drawing uh, my eye is Publish Press Blocks. Um, tell us about that because that looks interesting. I'll just give you the, the give the audience the high profile, you know, the 10,000 uh, foot high version. It says, take control of the new Gutenberg editor with user edition profile configuration and 20 plus new blocks and options. Give us give us a bit of an insight into how this works and and why you've decided to create some new blocks and not just use all the core blocks. <laughs> well, blocks is a one of those ones that probably falls into the category of doing something that is a little too cool. The the blocks plugin market is very busy. There's uh, just about everyone has a Gutenberg plugin with lots of different options. Yeah. And we've been developing ours over the last year or so to focus on more general items. So at the moment, you can control which blocks, including the core blocks, which blocks people are able to see. So you can remove blocks from editors or remove blocks from uh, from contributors, for example. And we're moving towards um, adding much more general publishing controls for blocks. Um, just about every blocks plugin has a, it's like a souped up image block or yeah, uh, maybe a testimonial block or things like that. And so that was probably one of the things where we misjudged slightly. Um, and we're maneuvering that plugin to add more general access controls for blocks. Yeah, block locking and the user permissions model is is kind of a, a new thing, isn't it? In 6.2, I believe, mm. at some point, we're going to get more granular control of all of these kind of things. And I, I really feel that's a missing piece, and it, it fits right into what you're doing. So at the moment, you know, anybody who's got the capability to go into a, a page or a post can sort of fiddle and delete things accidentally. And it seems like there's a a real groundswell of support for the idea that, well, wouldn't it be nice if we could create a capability and, I don't know, they can add a title block or they can edit the title, but they can't remove it um, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I'm completely wedded to the block editor now. I use it for more or less everything. So, yeah, interesting. I, I kind of see this as the approach in the future. And um, I don't know how granular... WordPress cores locking capabilities are going to be. I think, you know, maybe it'll just be that you can uh, drag things in and delete things and maybe edit things. But I'm wondering if yours goes a little bit further. So, for example, do you have things like um, a certain user role might have the capability to, I don't know, edit a title, but the title then goes into like a draft status until it's been approved by somebody higher up the, the food chain? 
No, everything that we do at the moment works on the post level. Okay. Yeah. So you could you could edit the post, change the title, and then submit the change for approval. Got it. But it would be the whole the whole post, and right, not just the blog. Right. Well, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. So, um, so okay. You mentioned pricing. You mentioned that you um, are fairly solid with your pricing. You're happy with it. I, I don't see the pricing on the website. Maybe that I'm just missing it. Give us a give us a rundown of where we are in October 2022. What's the uh, what's the prices of all the various different bits and pieces of published press? Oh, it. Um... Uh, it's about uh, 130 bucks for the entire suite of the pro plugins. Nice. Or you can buy them individually too. Um, uh, ah, I see. I've just found the buy now button, which obviously was lurking there the entire time. I got it. Okay. So <laughs> let's be clear. So there's three plans that I can see. There's a business plan, 129 a year, uh, and it's got various limitations in terms of one team member. Then there's an agency plan at 249, three team members. And then there's a unlimited where you can have up to 10 team members. But they all seem to carry all of the blocks with them. Each of the plan carries the same amount of things. The, the business plan, the more affordable one, is one site. The agency is five sites. And then the unlimited plan, guess what? Uh, it's unlimited number of sites. So, okay, there we go. Thank you. I found it <laughs> finally. <laughs> Yet... Um a an entirely free slash pro system uh we when we did that initial dabbling when we started in the plugin business we tried on different approaches such as add-ons where you'd get the the free plugin and when you uh, when you joined you would get um separate add-ons to install but we found that to be very messy Mm. And people would look at a list of 60 add-ons and they had no idea which ones to install. Yeah. Um, and so we've gone, we ended up selling those plugins that use that model. And everything we do is either you have the free version or the pro version installed. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice and clear. Uh, so you're going to be looking at publishpress.com if anything has interested you today. Uh, that's all the questions I've got for you, Steve. Firstly, just before we wrap it up, tell us where, apart from publishpress.com, um, are you available on socials? Do you like receiving email? Do you want to let our users, uh, users, our listeners know uh, any places that they might find you? Oh, sure. Um, steveburge.com is probably the best place to drop me an email. And that has my socials on as well. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, good luck with MetaSlider. And obviously, luck is not needed, but continued success with PublishPress. Steve Burge, thanks for chatting to me today. Oh, wonderful. Thanks, Nathan. Well, I hope that you enjoyed the podcast. Lovely chatting to Steve Burge today, all about the many things that he has been doing in the open source world in the recent past. Lovely, lovely chat. Obviously, it goes without saying, if you want to contact Steve, that would be really nice. But also, if you've got any commentary that you want to add to the post, head over to wpbuilds.com, search for episode number 304, and leave us a comment there. And if it concerns Steve, I can always forward it to him. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24 support. 
Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place. Invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash WP builds. And we really do thank GoDaddy Pro for their continued support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, remember our Black Friday page, wpbuilds.com forward slash black, our awards page, wpbuilds.com forward slash awards, and our Mastodon install, wpbuilds.social. Join us there. If none of those appeal to you, well, why don't you join us next week for another podcast episode? You can subscribe at wpbuilds.com. There's a there's a form right on the front of the website which you can subscribe to. And if you enjoy WordPress news, join us for our weekly show this week in WordPress, 2 p.m. UK time. It'll be at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Have a great week. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music. Bye bye for now.